0: Hi... This is uh, Roger here, just introducing what you're about to listen to on the audio version that's been recorded direct from our online broadcast that was shown on video. Every now and then, because of the visual content, I'm going to speak over the top of certain things, just so that you've got an idea as to what was going on that people were watching. Otherwise, we pray that God will bless you as you listen to this audio, and then feel free afterwards to pass it on to a neighbour or a friend before handing back. This is our online broadcast from the 31st of May 2020, Pentecost Sunday. And our title is, Is He the One We Need? just a community church. Thank you for joining us here on Painbury for our online broadcast. We're here to start a new series today, from today. We're here thinking about one man. What do you make of this one man? Well, some people didn't like what he said. Some people didn't agree with him. Others did agree and accept what he said. You will have your own views, I'm sure, about that. But whatever your viewpoint may well be about Dominic Cummings, just put that to one side for a moment. Because we're actually going to be thinking about a different man. His name is Jesus. And in the same way as people have got their different viewpoints about what Dominic Cummings has said this week, so over for over 2,000 years, people have had different viewpoints about this Jesus and what he said, particularly what he said about himself. We're going to be thinking... About that, but one one thing that is for certain, no one and nothing has impacted our world quite like this one man. This is Jesus, in his own words, come to church. I am the one you need. Well, no, obviously not me. But that statement is one of the statements that we're going to be looking at today. That in essence was maybe what this Jesus was saying about himself. Now last week we explored the fact that this Jesus offers you and me hope, forgiveness and also a sense of purpose. Over the next few weeks, in fact seven, we're going to be thinking about some of the defining things this Jesus said about himself. About those things that he claimed about himself. What does
1: it matter? And if so, what are the implications of that for you
0: and for me? Je suis is from a very important but an irregular French verb. Now, I can remember mum helping me with that uh, way back when I was uh, learning French at school. And we went over and over. Je suis, tu es, il est, nous, nous sommes, vous êtes Here's Yep, I'll never forget that. I can remember saying to him next morning, well, you can imagine exactly what happened. I forgot. But just sweet, particularly, was ingrained in my mind. I am. That's what we're going to be thinking about this week. I am the bread of life. But before we do that, here's a little bit more French for you. I think you're going to be amazed. Now now although you are not going to be able to see this, what is occurring right now is a little funny little clip where it looks as if somebody has actually stood um, with their hands on two chairs and then they gently raise themselves up on the chairs and then they even lift off their hands, so people are amazed as to what's happening. But it's all about a little bit of clever trick photography at home, where in actual fact, the guy is led down on the floor. The furniture is appropriately placed so that it gives that impression. And then his wife walks in, so it gives the game (laughs) away. Well,
1: those statements that uh, Jesus
0: came out with were even more important than that French irregular verb, "être" to be. There are seven of them, as we mentioned in John's Gospel, which was John's eyewitness account of the life of Jesus. We're thinking today uh, from John chapter 6, where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He also said, I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. These are self-disclosures about Jesus. He's telling us who he really is. Now when I introduce myself outside the building as being the pastor of the church, and usually when I'm here actually, I actually introduce myself as one of the leaders of the church, but there's nobody else here. So when I say about being the pastor of the church here, I'm saying something about who I am. And that's in one sense what Jesus is seeking to declare here When he is speaking and engaging with his audience. When he's saying, I am the bread of life, he was doing the same, expressing something about who he is. That's what he's wanting to convey. But what was he on about? Well, we all know about. Bread. We make sure that we've got some available out of the freezer to to put in the toaster for our toast, or to make sandwiches for lunch. If someone goes away on holiday, then it may well be one of your relatives will say, "Well, I'll make sure that there's some bread and milk ready for you for when you get back." Jesus is communicating that somehow He is our most basic need, just like bread is, and especially in the time and culture where Jesus said it. Now, Laura is a part of our community kids at team, one of our members here, and she's got something for community kids to focus on. Take a look at this. Over to you, Laura.
2: Hello, everyone, and a special hello to our community kids. Now, this morning, I'm sat in a field that grows wheat. Oh, where did you come from? Francis is right. This field grows wheat. But why do farmers want to grow wheat? So they can make straw. Exactly. They like making straw so their animals can have a comfy bed. And straw fights. <laughs> and straw fights, as you saw last week. Why else do farmers want to grow wheat?
3: So they can make Flour. Ah,
2: you're right. You can take little seeds off and squash them and you can make flour. Why do we want to make flour, Francis? So you can make bread. Bread, you're right. Do you know, community kids, in the Bible, Jesus once said that he was the bread of life. I wonder what that... He's a baguette. <laughs> he doesn't really mean he was a baguette. What he means is just like bread can fill you up and satisfy your hunger, Jesus can do the same. He can satisfy your whole life. Amazing or what? Amazing. Amazing.
0: Thank you, Laura. Wasn't that fantastically insightful? More about that in a little while. But for now, a song. Watch, listen, absorb. The song is called... What a child is meant to be. This is Ali Whiting who's on the violin, Wei Liang on keyboards, and Maria is singing to us.
1: child is meant to be
0: Child is meant to be well what do you think about what Jesus What do you think he was on about when he said, I am the bread of life? To understand that or to get fully get and appreciate what was going on at the time, we have to understand a little bit of the background. Chapter 6 starts off with what is known as the feeding of the 5,000. Now that was 5,000 men. There would have been a whole host of women and also children too. That's a massive group of people. Now I don't know where or how that uh, that catering arrangement would have uh, taken place. I guess if we can think about uh, hillsides and, and banks and fields a little bit like this. That may well give us some idea of what it would have looked like or felt like. What we do know, though, is that this Jesus took a few loaves of bread and some fish to feed the crowd. He then sends his followers across the lakeside, over to the other side of the lake. But he doesn't go with them. Well, his followers, well, they actually took a boat. That seems to be sensible, but not Jesus. No, he decides to go at night. And he walks to them across the water. Inevitably, they are totally freaked out at that idea. It reminded me of the time I saw the magician Dynamo on TV and, and the, the gathering crowd there as he walks a little uh, across uh, the River Thames. The next day, those people who previously uh, had had their full and had eaten, they were, wanted to know where the disciples and Jesus were again. Of course, they couldn't see them. They couldn't find them anywhere, so they deduced that they crossed over the lake to the other side. They were correct, and that's where they all headed off. Well, over they went, over to the other side, and they tracked him down. John chapter 6 and verse 24 is quite specific in saying that they were seeking Jesus. Now, that actually is a good thing for any of us to do, whoever we are. So they were seeking after this Jesus, but, you know, when they find him, The response they get from Jesus is probably not the sort of response that we would have expected that he would give. Because he doesn't commend them for travelling over uh, to find him at all. In fact, he seems to be a little bit miffed and, and irate and almost give them some form of rebuke. Because in reality, they aren't after that which was of most importance to them. They are wanting to know where Jesus is because they want to see another trick. They want to have another freebie. They've had their full one day, well what about another freebie the next? Jesus has already given them the visual aid in terms of the use of the bread to feed the multitude. That ought to be a pointer as to who he is when he says, I am the bread of life. And he's now wanting them to consider... Eternal things. Each of us should actually reflect upon that which matters most. It does matter. Maybe a little bit like these guys and their conversation about the deeper things of life. It's funny, you know, in this life and death business. That's very strange. I mean, I often sit here and think...
4: Why are we here? <laughs> well, the beer's cheaper. <laughs> I don't mean why are we here.
0: Why are we sitting in here in this pub having a pint in the Merry Thatcher? I don't mean that.
5: I mean life's great external riddle. Yeah. Why do we exist? Well, it's something to do, isn't it? <laughs>
0: That was Sid and George from the two Ronnies, do you remember? What Jesus says is after he's fed them with bread. We're going to now hear what happened then. Just a selection of verses from John chapter 6. Then we're going to think about what that might indeed mean for us. As we ask ourselves that question, is he the one that we need? Val Weir is going to read to us.
6: Good morning. Good morning. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you are the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. At this the Jews began to grumble about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh. Which I will give for the life of the world.
0: That was selective verses from John chapter 6. Now it's back to Laura with an activity for the kids.
2: Community kids, here is your challenge whilst you're at home. As we've been talking about the bread of life, we've got the bread game. You will need some scissors, some string, and some bread. The last piece of equipment you will need is a washing line. This game is straight from the Philippines and Francis is going to show you how quickly she can take a bite of that bread. Go Francis, go!
0: Now, this is quite funny to watch, but difficult for you to appreciate what's going on at the moment. Little Frances has got a piece of string tied to a big toe. The string then goes over the top of a washing line and then dangles all the way down with a piece of bread on the end of the string. And without l- using her hand, she's got to try and lower it into her mouth. Great fun, though, for the kids or your grandkids. So why not give that a bash if you're able to? Thanks, Laura. A load of fun, hopefully, that's going to be happening there, either right now or a little bit later. We need and love to eat. Now, maybe you can share one with another or think of your favourite food if you're on your own. Mine may well be a paella. Don't tend to have that very often. Or maybe a chilli. Or maybe a curry. Or maybe... A fat, juicy steak. It may well be your vegetarian. You've got a a favourite vegetarian dish. Whatever it is, we love food, don't we? And if someone is going to be providing uh, food for you and at no cost or no hassle to me whatsoever, well, that's even better. But Jesus is saying in that passage, you know, no, you're missing the point. Physically, you're going to be hungry again. The miracle was to grab people's attention so that then you realize there is spiritual food that is available that will satisfy you for all eternity. I am the bread of life. I am all you need. Come to me. Believe in me. And that's what he says to us today. Think again about verse 35. He said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Well, obviously, physically, we will be. So there must have been something else here that he's trying to convey. Bread is the most basic food, isn't it? And part of most people's lives. Without it, you know, we wouldn't even have pizza. We'd pray. Give us this day, our daily bread, when we say that famous Lord's Prayer. Why? Well, because we're asking for that which we need. It was even more necessary for the people back then in Palestine. Without bread, they would have probably starved to death. It was essential for life. So by referring to himself as being the bread of life, Jesus in some shape or form was communicating that he was essential. He was the one that people cannot do without. Jesus is saying that just as our bodies need physical food, so our souls need him. That's the parallel. Now, Professor Terence from Pambree Theological Seminary, I think you've also got some insights on the I am part of that statement too. Uh, I have indeed, David, uh, Jesus is, is making another claim uh, to his deity. It's the first of uh, the I Am uh, statements uh, in John's Gospel, as you know. Uh, the phrase I Am is the covenant name of God, Yahweh, uh, revealed to Moses at the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3, and verse 14. Uh, the phrase speaks of, of self-sufficient existence. Uh, theologians, uh, and such as myself, uh, often re- refer to this as a deity uh, which is an attribute only God possesses. It's, uh, it's a phrase that the Jews, hearing it, and would automatically understood it as a claim to Jesus' um, uh, 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 divinity, deity. Thank you uh, for that, Professor. It's Roger, by the way. Uh, but it's helpful, you know, because it's something that we can't really see clearly in the English there. It points to this Jesus by implication, being not just essential, but indeed by being God. So, what might be the biggest barrier... To accepting this bread. Pride. That's certainly the context for what we've got here in John chapter 6. The Jews in that passage there, in that account, are eaten up with pride. Because they're saying, what must we do? What is it that we need to do to do the works of God? Jesus tells them that this bread, this food that endures, is actually a gift. And like any gift, you can't earn a gift. Their response is, now. What, what must we do? We don't want the gift, is kind of like what they're implying. You know, in conversations that I have with people uh, about whether or not uh, they're a Christian, or they think they will go to heaven, and uh, many people's replies, there's something along the lines of, of these words, well, I'm a good person. In other words, they focus on what they do. And uh, maybe in certain uh, situations, people hope that they're good, will indeed outweigh the bad, and that that will be good enough. Now whilst it's obviously very noble to live a good life, becoming and being a Christian are not essentially to do with what we do at all. (coughs) How have we, or you, responded to the gift that God provided for us in Jesus. There's an old hymn that has within it these words. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. But people struggle to accept that. We don't get anything for nothing, they say. This reiterates the belief that in some way, surely I must, should, should, or can contribute something to my own salvation, but not according to the Bible. There we read where Paul wrote to one church and he said in Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, it is by grace that you have been saved, not by works so that no one can boast. You know, that can even be a hurdle I've discovered for many within the church too. Well, back to our passage here. Pride wells up, Again, because we see it isn't enough for them to just believe in Jesus, they feel. They want more proof before they say they can do so. Verse 30, they asked him, well, what, what miraculous sign will you give that we may see and believe you? But hang on a minute, that's really bizarre, it strikes me. They're seeking him, why? Because they saw him feed the 5,000 men, all the countless other people that were there as well, from just bread bread. And a few bits of bread and a few fish. And yet they say, we don't know whether or not to believe you or not. Show us something else. You know, people often say, well, if God did this, then I'd believe. But I don't think that's actually the case. Many use what they don't see as an excuse for their unbelief. Pride gets in the way. For men, maybe especially. I spoke to a couple from our church called Richard and Wilma, who, not long married and both without work, seemingly have every reason to not believe. But their story is quite different. This is a meeting Hi on Zoom. Rooms, how are you doing? I Roger. We're both well, thank you. OK, we got Richard and Wilma here. Wilma, quick question. When was it that you guys got married? Well, it has been fifteen over 15 months now, pretty so st- good for that. And you're still smiling, both of you, by the loads
4: of
0: things. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place to start. Okay, Richard, you've had some news on the job front. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, I left my previous job uh,
4: um, about six and a half weeks ago. I had my notes in over 12 weeks ago. I started my new job two days ago. Uh, working in uh, uh,
0: for an organic company, new career Fantastic. Now that sounds as if that's like come out of nowhere. And I know that you've got very uh, clear view about where that God uh, that that jobs come from in terms of God's provision. Uh, tell us about that, particularly as the whole thing of being out of work. You saw that as being a positive, not a negative.
4: No, exactly. Um, I basically have been in this, the previous job for about ten years. I've uh, been in a bad way in it for a long time and wanted to get out for a long time. But something came to a head, i say about 12 weeks ago. Um, and I said, Lord, look, I really need a break. And I said I wanted about four to six weeks off. Um, a lot of people said, oh, aren't you worried? And I said, no, I'm not worried because the Lord will provide. And I, I put my full faith and trust in that. And uh, uh,
0: that's pretty much what happened. Fantastic. Seems as if that's been provided right out of nowhere. Would, would that be right in terms of God's timing as well as his...
4: Yeah, diligence. so uh, after six and a half weeks, so I wanted for the six weeks, I got six and a half weeks, I, I, I've started work. And the job uh, was not the job I initially applied for. The job I applied for had already been given internally. Uh, this job um, was given to to me basically because the guy liked the way I handled my interview. He likes my CV. Um, and he actually admitted to me that this job was not on offer. It was a job that he purely came up because he liked me the way that I was, and, and, and in my mind, it's a job supplied by the Lord.
0: Fantastic. Now we're we're looking uh, this week at the whole thing of uh, uh, Jesus being the bread of life, the most essential one, the one that we need. Obviously, you've both got uh, living proof of of that. In, in terms of putting you both on the spot and asking you, well, what does it mean to you both for Jesus to be the bread of life for yourselves? Uh, what would you say?
4: Well, from my point of view, quickly, um, I have always believed that, so we come into the world with nothing, we go out of the world with nothing, everything that we have in this life is given to us by the Lord, so it is the Lord. and um, So it's, the Lord has giving us the bread, um, every, so, and if we use it right, rightly and wisely, he will provide us with what we need, and, and he has indeed
0: proved that to us through my life. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, what about yourself,
4: Wilma? Well, I would say that as a living uh, testimony with uh, being together, I would say that the Lord has provided all of our needs and as our bread of life, really sustaining grace, you know, not only uh, spiritually and also uh, every day for all of our needs so really, I really thank God for that for,
7: for his probation spiritually and physically
0: that's fantastic it's great to uh, actually chat to you guys, wishing you all the very best thanks so much for sharing, congratulations Richard on the new job as well I know you're tough you are chuffed with the way that that's come from and all being well, we'll be back on that cricket pitch very very soon That'll be great, Roger. Take care. Take care, guys. Cheers then. Thanks for sharing. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's great, Richard and Wilma. Great couple. Well, I'm sure one of the things that they have discovered to be true is that this God never, ever leaves us nor forsakes us. And that is what this next song is is about, that Maria and Tom are going to sing for us. Have a listen catch a hold of the reality of these words know that these can be true for you too and following this song millie is going to lead us in prayer now they're singing this outside so you've even got the accompaniment of the backing vocalists of the birds in the air and in the trees
8: even though i walk through the valley under shadow of And even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back. I know you are near. That
1: is coming
8: for the heart that holds on. There will be an end to these troubles, but until that day comes, still I will pray. And through the storm, oh no, he never let go. Every high and every low, oh, no, he never let go, oh, he never let go of me.
9: Thank you everyone. My name is Millicent. I welcome you all for morning prayers. We are going to pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this morning, for giving us a gift of life and it is the most beautiful gift you have given us this morning. We just want to thank you and to adore your name. Father, we come before you, Lord, just to pray for the whole world, Lord, as we are going through difficult virus at the moment, Father. I just want to pray, Father, to remember all families, Father, who have lost their beloved ones. I pray, Father, Lord, to take over, Father, and give them strength. Remember their, the, them, Father, where they grieve and sadness at the loss of their loved ones. Comfort them, Lord. Let the blood of Jesus, Father, come upon them, Father. We pray, Lord, open their heart, Father, and give them peace. Give them mercy at this morning, Father. I just want to thank you, Father, and I pray to remember even family out there, Father, who are going through a lot of violence, Father, during this COVID-19, Father. I pray, Father, Lord, to give them peace, Father. I pray to provide for them, Lord. I pray, Father, to give even their children opportunity, Father, that good can come from, Father. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory, Father. I am praying, Father Lord, to take the fear out, Father, because it's only you, Father, who can lead us, Father. We do not have the spirit of fear, but power of love and sound mind, Father. We just want to thank you as we overcome all because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world we thank you, we give you glory Father we cover everyone Father with the blood of Jesus remember even the sick people who are lying out there in the hospital who are still not well even the people who are home Father, we cover them with the blood of Jesus Lord, we pray Father distance is not a barrier and I'm praying Father to touch them Father wherever they are Father, we pray for the quick healing, in Jesus name Lord, we pray and believe. Amen.
0: Thank you, Millie, for leading us in a time of prayer. Now it's time for... It's our celebration time. So we have some celebrations this week. Those yummy chocolates. And I think, actually, it's only right that my friend here helps me partake in these uh, celebrations. I know you like chocolate, but you're not going to have them yet, okay? We're going to just... Place them right here. Okay, right, so firstly, celebration goes to Libby. Libby is Roger and Nina's granddaughter, and this is a special poster that she's developed and designed. Have a read, she did this all herself. Well done, Libby, it's brilliant on behalf of the positives of the NHS. Now it's competition time. Well, I mentioned last week, very briefly, about getting your thinking caps on and thinking train mode about a particular competition we have. And here is a video clip for you to watch. The train station uh, name is what we're after. So have a look at this video by David Chaplin. Uh, This is his train set. He set it all up. He's pieced this video together. And he particularly wants you to think of something that reflects Pambri, that reflects that industrial background. Add to that a little bit of your own creativity. And David's promised a prize for the winning name that's gonna be chosen as well. Take a look at this clip from David. Now, obviously, you can hear that sound. But that sound is gonna be all you're gonna really be able to get when you're on video. So, have a think about a name for a train set in particular, a a, a train station in and around Poundbury. Okay now we have some other celebrations Firstly, I want to say a happy anniversary to Bruce and V. Yes, I know it 's a little bit a uh, little bit uh, late and um, Bruce and V celebrated their wedding anniversary uh, last Saturday, but because Bruce was up into the late hours doing some finishing touches for us uh, on the uh, the download for our online broadcast, I wanted to say a special thank you to Bruce. And to be, who had kind of like an an evening anniversary celebration with a difference, really, with Bruce doing all that he was doing. But also, on Thursday that's just gone, it was Bill and June Fagency's 60th wedding anniversary. So, I want to pass on one of these uh, to Bill and June, and obviously another one there to Bruce and V. Yes, maybe you can have those a little bit later. But what about birthdays? Well, we've got some birthdays. Also on Thursday this week, it was Glynn's birthday. Glynn is one of the leaders of the church here. Happy birthday uh, on Thursday to you, Glynn. And also, happy birthday to Ian Blackie's Raymond. It was his birthday as well. So, best wishes uh, to him and also his wife, Kirsty. Today is actually Tiger Lily's birthday. So, happy birthday to you, Tiger. And I guess we ought to put one of these in there for, uh, for uh, it's Tiger, one of those in there as well, for uh, Raymond. And another one for Glynn. You've got a beaming smile on your face now, but not yet. He gets very, very impatient. We've also got a birthday on Tuesday coming coming up. That's the birthday of Malcolm Ours, who's going to be 21. Malcolm, who are you kidding? Are you serious? And then on Wednesday, it's the birthday of Chris Thompson. So for Malcolm, and also for Chris Thompson, look at those chocolates. Amazing.
1: Happy birthday to you all, if it was your special day. Either just gone, or
0: just coming up.
5: And that... Includes our celebrations for that.
0: What is that? I forgot on another birthday. I don't think so. It's whose birthday? Have you got any idea? It's actually the church's birthday. Not not Dorchester Community Church, no, but the church. It's what's called Pentecost Sunday. What is all that about? What well, comes from the word 50. And it's 50 days after Easter Sunday, and that is the day that the first Christian church was born. Well, we've got our own birthday celebration today. Thanks ever so much for the reminder. Here for you is our one and only ministry of puppets. With a tune, I got a, thing, uh, a feeling that you're going to remember. So, over to our ministry of puppets.
5: We're rushing wind, and we were never the same. The world thought that we had gone insane Were spirit-filled, Oh, what of Goodness, gracious, great tongues of fire The Holy Room, day of Pentecost The Holy Spirit made us priests to the lost Not drunk on wine, it's only nine Goodness, gracious, great tongues of fire Sure. he shines, so kind, I can't tell the world that he's mine, 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 so Peter preached to the crowd that was there, and 3,000 people to God in prayer, he is risen, and we are forgiven, goodness gracious, great tongues of to fire.
0: Do you remember the Jerry Lee Lewis version? I bet you do. Church all over the world. You know, each week we try to encourage you to send in your, your, not just your questions, but your own thoughts and things that maybe you feel that uh, that God has spoken to you about or that, that you feel others might be interested in you sharing. Eve is a part of the church here and she contacted me this week with something, one of the Psalms that particularly spoke to her. So Eve, over to you.
7: I was reading Psalm 18 one morning this week, which David sang when the Lord delivered him from his enemies. I've always found it rather a militant psalm, but there are gems in some of the verses. Verse 1 and 2. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Verse 6. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. Verse 16. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. Verse 19 and 20. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. Lord 28. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. 30 and 31 and 2. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. And who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my ways secure. Verse 49. Therefore I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing praises of your name. I love the image of God reaching down, rescuing us from our physical and mental cages when we feel trapped and hopeless, and setting us free and carrying us out into a spacious place, where in his strength we are no longer fearful and can run free with clean hands, and all because he delights in us. Amazing grace.
0: Right, okay, need to put you over there. Ah! Some concluding thoughts. You know, over the centuries, people have sought to earn their way to get right with God. That's kind of what religion is usually all about. Why? Well, because there's a basic human desire that we have to know God. Our dilemma, though, is that we have this desire that we can't possibly fulfill, no matter what we do. And that is where the Jesus bit fits in. He and he alone can fulfill that desire we have in the very depths of our being for getting right with God. And that can occur through a divine transaction that only God himself can bring about. Listen to a verse from the Bible from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For our sake God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. When Jesus died on the cross, he took all the wrongs of mankind upon himself and took the blame for them. In other words, to make atonement for them. When we place our faith in him, our wrongs are then placed on Jesus and his righteousness is placed upon us. Now, if I was going to put that in a visual way... I'm going to kind of like use one of my teddies here that I was given for my kids years ago. And I want you to imagine that uh, <clears throat> here is me. Excuse me, is that a sip of me coffee, are they?
1: Mm.
0: I want you to imagine all of this stuff being all those wrong things I'm, I'd ever done. Here's me behind here. And all of this stuff, believe me, it probably be, need to be in a bigger bag than this. And that verse from the Bible is, it, is it saying that all this stuff, that you've got, that you're carrying. All of that stuff has been placed upon Jesus, if I can actually use uh, the Bible there as being uh, as if that's Jesus. And then what does he place upon ourselves? Well, if I might use a clean hanky. He then in turn places his righteousness on and around us, so that when God looks at us through that faith that we've placed upon him, he doesn't see this. He actually sees our own having been made right with God. Well, we may well say, but I'm not religious. Well, I would say, off the first off, well, that's great. Because, you see, if you're not religious, the good thing is you're already not trying to earn your favour with God. It's not about earning our way up, but about realising that he has come down to us. To do all that was needed to do, in order that we might be made right with God. He came down. That's actually what we read, that phrase, in John chapter 6. I'm going to just uh, skim out three verses where we read that. Verse 33. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 41, at this time, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And then finally, verse 51, I am the living bread, Jesus said, that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world Jesus is referring to himself quite clearly as being the one who came down from God. Remember, he said the work of God is this, to believe the one in whom God sent. That's what we need to put together. Have you done that? Come and eat of this bread of life. And if you're unsure about how to do that, please do get in touch with us. You know, people will make up their minds, I'm sure, about Dominic, Dominic Cummings and what he said, what he meant, and, and how plausible or genuine that was, based on the evidence that they've got before them, based on however you would have interpreted or understood that evidence, as you've heard those words from his own lips. But regardless of our viewpoint about what he said, there's no personal gain or loss. Whatever our personal view may well be, whatever our political standpoint might be with Jesus, it's very different. People will also have made up their minds, and you may may well be one of those who's still yet to do that. But the difference is that there is a consequence over that decision. You know, it really does matter. Trust that God will help you make that right decision, that you'll discover the reality of what it means to know the one who said, I am the bread of life. Well, it's time for me and my little friend to go to say goodbye. Have you eaten all those chocolates? It looks to me by the size of his tummy, he has. Last week we were thinking about Jesus saying, come and follow me. Today we've equally been looking at the phrase come, but in the context of believing as well. John, in his Gospel, uses the word come as an invitation quite a lot. The invitation meaning that we come but then to forsake and make a choice of forsaking all the shallow ideals of this world and follow this Jesus.
4: To believe, that means we're believing in the one who Jesus is, that
0: he is who he says he was, that he will do what he was saying that he will do. Is he the one that we need? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. He is. Come and follow me, as he says to you and to me. I am the bread of life. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. And we're going to leave you now with a song. And with regards to this song, the way that you're going to need to listen to that, you should see a little icon come up in the top right-hand corner. There's a song uh, by Lauren Daigle called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. You can sing this. You can also reflect on this by way of maybe something that you would like to pray. Either way, it's a great song to close our broadcast with this week, isn't it? Yeah. hope you've left one of those chocolates for me, Roger and A. Obviously, you won't need to click on any icon. That was if you were watching the screen. So what I'm going to do is play that. Through my laptop for you, uh, you'll recognise the song. This is a different uh, version, but may God bless you and I hope that you've enjoyed uh, the broadcast today. i god would you help us to turn our own eyes upon this jesus to look full into his wonderful grace his wonderful face knowing then that the things of this world won't look as bad in the light of his glory and grace father god we thank you for this opportunity to think of jesus as being the one that we need We're grateful that he is there as our daily bread. We pray that you'd help us to rediscover the fantastic news that there is in knowing, not just about this person, but being able to know this person. Bless us, we pray, as we feed on this bread and as we feel nourished with his speaking into our lives. Help us to then do all we can to make him known to others.